Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger Style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick Fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. And welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared J. Hawk Hawkins. Uh, Jay Gold is, as we record this, at a non-IWTV-affiliated wrestling show with our producer, Butter. Go joining me this week is Marky. Marky, how you doing? Hey, how are you? I'm doing fine. Your first time on the show. What do you, what do you think so far? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I've like said, um, this was a, uh, a good time uh, getting to like just do a show. Like It's been a while since I actually like, review like any type of wrestling from a, like... Not just viewing it, actually taking notes. So it was kind of like getting myself back into the right mindset. Um, so after the last thing I reviewed that was not wrestling, just like almost broke me. So it was nice to have something that wasn't going to break me. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, we tried to do show we think we're going to enjoy. And uh, I looked at this lineup and thought this one would be a really good one. Uh, we've reviewed some bad shows on this show, and I'm sure you've heard those cup of code, and we're not exactly kind. We do end up being a little bit more entertaining on the bad joke, I think, but... It's, it's fun to tear down sometimes, but, you know, you, that can't be all you do. Exactly. Well, when Butter and I started the old podcast before this, the original idea was to watch nothing but bad stuff and, like, Mystery Kind Theater 3000 the hell out of it. And by, like, week four, we went, we can't do that every week. We're, like, we were, we, were no. starting, we were starting to hate wrestling by week four. No. You just you stick those in every couple of weeks, and then, it's, you know, it's a nice little fun thing to break everything up. All right, well, you and I both have to get up in the morning for work. So let's go ahead and get into what's on IWTV this week. What's on IWTV? And quite a bit this week, actually. Today, January 25th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, New South Action Clash, episode 69. That'll be followed at 9 p.m. Eastern by the premiere of Industrial World Wrestling Redacted. Wednesday, January 25th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, it is the Geekin premiere of The Mac Dreckler, Geekin 2 Epicode 1. And then at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on January 26th, we have Paradigm Pro, UWFI, Contender Theory, Geekin 4, Epicode 4. And we do have three live events coming up this weekend. Thursday, January 27th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Wrestling Open, Epicode 4. Independent Wrestling Weekly Open Mic Night, streaming live on IWTV. Follow that up on Friday, January 28th at 8 p.m. H2O present Kunkel and Gold. It's going to be a one-night tournament to crown a new H2O champion. A plus match is already signed for that. Lucky 13 against Jimmy Lloyd. Christian Rock and Chris Bradley against Dan O'Hare and Schlack. Ontolook against Reed Walker. In addition to that tournament, that should be a lot of fun. Saturday, January 29th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Invictus Pro present Winter Wrath. And... On the match on that show, Street Fight with Giggy Heim against Little Mean Kathleen, Kiki Navarro against Alec Gain, Alec Price against Big Game Leroy for the Social Media Championship, and a lot more. That should be a fantastic show. Sunday, January 30th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, H2O Underrated Episode 9. Followed at 9 p.m. Sunday, January 30th by Uncension Pro Royal Flush. And that click on IWTV this week. I like the plethora of shows to watch this week. Absolutely, Mac Dreckler. I'm looking forward to. I have to watch that on on demand. I'm going. To, I'm taking the kid to AEW this week. I have to watch that Thursday probably. I'm a little disappointed we'll get to see that live. But yeah, but Paradigm Pro. Love you, WFI Contender Series. That's always good stuff. Action Clash. Always good stuff. Definitely some interesting show coming up this week. All right, so no spotlight segments this week. That 
Jay Gold thing, and he didn't send me his information. We'll push that back for next week. Let's go ahead and get to our review. All right, let's do this. The weekly review. This week, we're reviewing the Ohio Wrestling Alliance's show, The Big Match, took place. IWTV and Cage Match listed at November at November 26th, but it was November 27th, 2021, at the 11 Athletic Gym in Columbus, Ohio. This show took place uh, around and during the Ohio State-Michigan game this year. So they actually had a couple matches before the game started. They had a match at halftime, then they had a couple matches after the game ended, and they had the game up on the big screen, and I would definitely go to a show like that. That sounds like a good time. He said the big match, but when I looked at it, I saw the big X-Atch. For, and for those who are not aware, uh, basically the entire week of the Ohio State-Michigan game, if you're an Ohio State fan, you're not allowed to write down the letter M. So it gets replaced with a red X. So the show called depending the big match, but they, but they took out the M. I gotta imagine, depending on what job you do, that must make work, like, really hard. <laughs> I, I know I know Jake Clemens on his social media was doing it all week, including in his name. That had to be a pain in the ass. Like, Kleckman, always. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the opening match of the show, uh, mixed tag team match, intergender tag team match, Jeffrey John and Alex Crowley taking on Igea Broner and Jocelyn Navarro. Uh, Jeffrey John comes out and basically said that he he found the best partner he could, and pretty much the only one who would agree to be a partner, and that brings Crowley out. story of this match is basically that John wants no part of Igea Broner, and having seen Igea Broner in person, I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to be in there with him either. He's a very intimidating man. And I'm 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 still surprised Devin Ambrose is alive after Hell on Earth, and I'm still surprised uh, Jack Nightstrom is walking after Ether a couple weeks ago too. Quite frankly, yeah. So because of that, it is, the match is mostly Jocelyn Navarro against Alex Crowley, which is fine. They do some good stuff. Uh, finally, John is in the ring. Broner tagged in. John tries to tag out, and Crowley's like, "Nope, you take care of it," and hops off the apron. He eats a big lariat from Broner, and Jocelyn gets the pin, 5 minutes and 36 seconds. Pretty much exactly what yeah, the... Was... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, this wasn't a very long one, but it really didn't need to be either. Um, my first note about it is, um, I think I just said Little Red Riding Hood over here. If John had that hood on for whatever that hood was for. And that's exactly what an opening yeah. match needs to be at a show, though. It's not too long, it's not too short, it gets the crowd into it. Big finish with the, with, with the lariat. Um, so the one thing I'll say, not to be too nitpicky about the production side, is I really wish the audio mixing was a lot better. Oh, that audio! Um, that audio was garbage. It's it's an unfortunate thing. I maybe I'm a little spoiled with being like around AIW. And it's pretty on points, and I know this is independent wrestling, but I don't know. I'm a sucker for like as someone that had, does a podcast and did Twitch streams where like I've fucked the audio up. I'm very like diligent about that now, so it's always something I pick up on. Yeah, and the other and the other thing I noticed here and. You can tell which part of the show were before the game, which were halftime, and which were after the game based on the seating. Uh, for whatever, they're seating on two sides of the ring. They like a wall on the left-hand side, and back behind the ring, it's just dark. There's, like, nothing nothing seating-wise there. And the only row of seats geek, you can see on the hard camera, the front row is completely empty for the first three matches. Yeah. Like, and they may well have done an empty arena taping for the first three matches. Like, there's, just, there's nobody there. Like once they start getting the handout, you do see that there actually are quite a few people there. But for whatever reason, that front row just did not fill up. After the match, uh, John and Crowley were arguing a little bit. Crowley laid them out with a beautiful suplex. I'm, I'm going to assume they're going to be building that in a future match. I'm, in, I'm into that. It should be fun. 
I think it's the first time I've seen uh, Crowley. Uh, I, I don't know. I really dug her style. This is like something I always pick up on, like is like gear and fashion sense. I, I dug how she had the uh, basically, as I called the uh, Thrasher uh, fonts for her. Um, basically, it was like on, on her vest and then like on her top as well. I always dig little things like that. After that, we do get some pre-taped interview with the competitors in our next match. Dustin Mowgli, Jake Oliver, and Riley Rowe. And that leads to a triple threat match at part of the Jump Off Tournament. Dustin Mowgli, Jake Oliver, and Riley Rowe go basically a tournament to determine a future contender for the OWA Heavyweight Championship. I've made no secret on the show in the past. I hate three-way, but they all pretty much run the same way. Somehow one guy going to dick appear and two guys are going to do stuff and rent by the repeat. So this match is a lot of fun. It's fast-paced. There's a lot of cool stuff, but it's still your tri- typical triple threat. So I'm walking into it like I wanted to be. I love Jake Oliver. I love Riley Rowe. Because I believe my first time seeing Dustin Mowgli. I mean, I really wanted to like this match, but it's a three-way. Yeah, there's only so much you can do. Um, really, di- I, I don't know. I was a big fan of the nickname Devil Dog. That was my favorite uh, childhood snack. So gets props for that. Um, but yeah, there was a sick finish too with doing the, um, I think cause Oliver did the Death Alley driver, um, on Rose into, onto the Devil Dog and then hit the shooting star press. I, I'm always a big fan of like those corner moves, even though they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Oliver have won the prettiest shooting star press I've ever seen too. Like I love his, I love his version of that move. Oh, it's picture perfect. And another fairly short match here. Five minutes and 35 seconds. So Duncan over to it. Welcome. And match match was fine. I'm just I don't like three way. Never have. There's a joke somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. I then I walked right into that one. <laughs> I, 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 I I will uh, have no comment on where you're going with that. Let's put it that way. Fair enough. Okay. Then our next match is Storm Grace and against the intense icon Joshua Bishop. And this is a lot. This match was a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. Anytime you bust out and you use a mechanical bull in the match, I'm going to be a fan of it. Which also, why is there a mechanical bull in this? Like, I think it's like a gym. It, 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 clearly a gym. You can see the gym equipment in the background. Uh, they used a heavy bag at one point in one of the other one of the later matches. But yeah, they're a mechanical bull just hanging out in the darkened area of the gym. They go outside and they're fighting on the mechanical bull. And they were both on for like over eight, over eight seconds. So they did good with that. Yeah. Okay, not to get off topic, but apparently my fiance can hear me r- right now, and I just got a tech thing. You don't like three-way? <laughs> All right. Yes, buddy, you can keep that in. That's fine. Again, I'm, I have no yeah. com- I have no comment about that. All right, anyway, getting back to the match here. Uh, the, you get a little bit of everything with this woman. You actually got some call it technical wrestling for the first couple of minutes before they started fighting throughout the gym, before they got to Mechanical Bull. Then they get back in, and Gray conduct a really nice drop kick to get control. He got con- yeah, control for a while there. Bishop Doug eventually get the win with the black hole slam in 808. I, I am a little biased because I'm a big Josh Bishop fan, but I did like this match a lot. Oh, big same. I did like big Bishop fan. Yeah, I'm always, I just love the black hole slam of League of Finisher. So anyone that uses that's going to get bonus points for me. Um, but yeah, no, this is just a, a short, like a nice little fun match going on. Um, yeah, all around good, good stuff. We'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and do this one for our friend Brock James. Thumb up for Bishop. I'll give two. I'll give two thumbs up for Bishop. There you go. Okay. So we go from there to the battle for the OWA Heavyweight Championship match. Trey Lamar defending against Damian Chambers. This was the match that took place at halftime of the game, 
And this, and you can tell because you look at the first match where people are actually getting in the front row. And there's different people getting another another seat. This is probably my favorite match of the entire card. I love this match. Yeah, I agree with that. You got, you got again, you got a little bit of everything in this match up here. There's some really good technical wrestling in the early portion of the match. Uh, each guy dug a dive that looked absolutely vicious. Like, there's no, I'm trying to catch you. Like, they're diving head first and going full four, which looked really good. Yeah, they're, they're both great. Even before that, Chamber's busting out, like, that nice little uh, lucha arm drag tail right before the dive. And Trade Dive actually re- run Chamber into one of the heavy bags. And I and I don't know if you've ever used a heavy bag. Those things are not soft. Like they look like they are. They look like they're padding, but they're they are not soft. No, there's some way. There's some way to them. Yeah. At this point, they go back in the ring. Trade the heel here, so he is slowing the pet match down. He's being really arrogant and taking his time. We actually get a double. We actually get two double downs over the corner in this match here, but they're working a long match. Uh, move of the entire show, I think. Trey Lamar go for a standing moonsault. And Chambers just lo- grabbed hold of the leg and go right into a knee bar out of that. Like, I, I, I still don't know how he did it, but it looked beautiful. Oh, yeah, that was really sick. Yeah, Lamar starts getting desperate. He goes outside. He grabs the belt. Chambers is waiting for him. Hits the Falcon Arrow for a great false finish. I th- actually thought he was going to get the win with it. Lamar kicked out of that. He rolled to the floor. This time he is able to use the belt. Uh, referee Duncan Camp is trying to pull Chambers off of him and have him back turned to Lamar. Go very nicely done there. Then we get uh, Lamar hitting the froggy bow for the pin. 18-12. Longest match of the show. Best match of the show, in my opinion. Really good stuff here. Glad the key Trey Lamar is getting out there and doing really well in complaining. Oh, absolutely. I'm um, also we didn't mention, but he did a, I think it was that sunset power bomb from the top rope that just looked absolutely brutal. Yeah. Actually, actually, I didn't. I don't know how he didn't have that noted. And after the match, we had a. Oh, yeah. oh go ahead. I'm sorry. No, but I was going to say, just all around, this was a good match. You got a little bit of everything. Some some high-flying action, some technical wrestling. Fun stuff. We then get a post-match promo from Lamar in the back, saying that he's the champion. The belt's not going anywhere for a long time. And then we go to our post-game matches, and we're going to start the the post-game portion of the show off with Karam against the one called Mander. Uh, my first time seeing Karam. Karam. I think it's Karam, I think, how they announced it. Yeah. My first, my first time seeing him. He's a big dude. He's in good shape. Uh, I'm a big fan of Mander. So I'm looking forward to this one to see Mander. Mander can yeah, try. My, go my first on. know is just manages his cowboy daddy. Just gonna put that out there. And of course, Mander gets from Iowa, which is another Big Ten school. So he's gonna try to get some heat by bragging about the Buckeye Luke in the game. Uh, I feel like the crowd was noticeably hot for the show up to this point and kind of died out here. They're probably still deflated from the game. Would be my guess. Which kind of, yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of the risk you run by doing this. If if they lose, like, which they did, it's going to lead to maybe the audience not being necessarily the happiest. Yeah, so, and, I, and I'm going to, and I'm going to admit it here, I kind of checked out a little bit during this match, and I feel bad for Kanat, like I kind of love Mander, but so not even a minute in the match, Mander gets knocked down, he goes outside, he's just taking, try to take a break. He goes to try to ride the mechanical bull, he does not stay on for the full eight second. Like he go, he falls right off. And then, a whopping like two seconds, maybe. Maybe. And then they fight on the floor. I've seen guy fight on the floor three times now in this match. I'm out. Yeah, they went back in the ring for a while, but honestly, I was I was go checked out at that point. I have no more note for this match. I don't remember what else happened. I don't even have the finish. I have Mander getting the pin eleven twenty one. I'm hoping you paid a little um, more I, attention than I did. 
Yes, I can fill in a couple things. Uh, they did. Um, when they went over to the weights, uh, they busted out the uh, those big bodybuilding belts. And I believe it was originally manager started whipping Karam uh, Kar- 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 or Cream. I forgot what we were. Uh, Karam, I believe is how they pronounced it. Karam, that's how you pronounce it. Okay. Whipped him a couple times. I think he got the belt back and he whipped him back. And that's what kind of led them eventually back into the ring. Uh, managers busted out the chair and then uh, the lariat. This is, this, I, I get what you're saying. There's a few, um, there's a lot of times they were going to the outside. I think I was into this more just because it was just like two beefy dudes, more or less beating the shit out of each other. I'm always going to be all about that. Okay, well, speaking of beefy dude beating the shit out of each other, we get a promo from PB Smooth putting over Black Reckling and putting over uh, that he got a match with Derek Luttrell coming up and that Luttrell is not a guy that, that people are told is a big guy. He's actually a big guy. And then, of course, we get Luttrell cutting a promo in, in response. And then we go to the match, and PB Smooth is a legit kick nine, and Latrell at least at time might even be an inch or, an inch or so taller than he is. I thought that from the one angle it looked like he might have been a little bit taller. Okay, you got two bi- really big, tall dudes here. Yeah, it's like they said. Uh, I think the announcer even before said uh, featuring over thirteen feet of wrestler um, in the in this match. Yeah. So this was a fun match. They just, they were just hitting the crap out of each other. They went for a lot of a lot of pins, had a lot of near fall. Uh, Latrell teased a dive, but before he could actually make the leap, PB snapped him off the top rope. I like I I get it. Just one, I want to see one of these big guys actually do a dive. Yeah, I was really I was getting really hyped for that, and it got snatched away. Yeah, I, I get why we don't see it, and I really think a guy like that guy shouldn't be doing them. But just one, I want to see it happen. It happened all the time, but you know, throw us a bone every so often. They used to team Big Show coming off the top rope, and like just once, I wanted to see it actually happen. Uh, PB Smooth locking in the ring to Saturn for a commission win in eight forty four. Good stuff here. I could have gone for a few more minutes for this one. Yeah, that's. I think I do think like, one of the good things about this show is none of the matches really overstay their welcome. And yeah, that that's definitely the one thing about independent wrestling, and including some shows that some normal members of our staff are at right now. Like the, you don't need five hours for an independent show. You just don't need it. I've I'm at the point where like when it comes to anything really like movies or anything if it's like more than a couple hours I'm checked out. Yeah, like if 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 I'm at if I'm at a show about two and a half to three hours about my max. Going to AEW this week, I know that's going to be at least a four hour show, and I have a feeling I'm going to be checked out that final hour. But I'm one of those I'm a completist. Like I'm not going to leave early because I hate doing that. Not going to try to beat the the traffic. My theory is I paid money for a show. I want to see the whole show. That's fair. I, I can feel that. Well, there was also one time my dad and I went to a SmackDown taping, and we left. Like, as soon as the main event ended, he's like, let's go and beat the traffic. And they did a bunch of really cool stuff after the tape started rolling. I heard about the next day, and I was pissed I missed it. So now I'm like, so now I don't leave early from anything because I'm afraid I'm going to miss something. Yeah, I feel like that's what unfortunately happened to me at Hell on Earth. I was just starting to feel sick, so I'm like, I should go home. And I missed, like, that Kaplan match, and I'm really bummed I didn't actually get to see that in person. But the live crowd doesn't necessarily agree with us here because they were there for the football game as well. We get to our main event, Anthony Green against Kevin Koo. And I, I really, I like both guys, especially Kevin Koo. Kevin Koo, I'm, I'm glad he's in Ohio at some point. I still want John Thorne to bring him into AIW. Same, same. Yeah. And Anthony Green going an entertaining guy. So the bell rings and Green immediately is like, hold on a second. And you hear somebody go, come on, man, we've been here for six hours. Oh my, which is funny because I'm looking at the runtime of this. I think it's an hour 52, and then like that just puts so much more into perspective. 
And we can figure the game started at noon. I don't think it ended all like after four. Like it was a long game. Yeah, and I think the bell time was eleven o'clock for the pregame stuff. So yeah, they they had to be pushing the cacao mark at this point. Oh yeah. So Green the Kike, he doesn't want to do just a standard wrestling match. He wants to do two out of three falls. And he pulls a guy out the front row, moves him to the aisle, and t- tell Kevin Koo, first fall going to be a race. We're going to start in the back, we're going to slide into the ring, we're going to touch this dude for the first fall. And Green flips one key slide into the ring, and that allows Kevin Koo to win. So Kevin, so Kevin Koo is up one fall to nothing at this point. Green's pissed, he grabs a chair, and he, and he takes him to the ring. And Koo's like, okay, and he goes and grabs a chair. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, I don't want to hit you. Let's thumb wrestle. So the good old-fashioned fall- thumb war. So the second fall is a thumb wrestling match, which Green wins after he thumbs Kevin Koo into the eye. So now we're three minutes into the match, and the only wrestling move has been a thumb to the eye, and now they start the match. Magic actually really good once they cut the comedy. And I'm, and oh, I'm, absolutely. And, I'm, and I know someone's going to hear that and go, oh, Jayhawk doesn't like comedy wrestling. No, I like comedy and wrestling. I don't know if the main event's the best spot to have it. That would be my one, that would be my one issue with this. Um, I I think with Anthony Green having the charisma he has, he he made they made it work. Yeah, it got a couple chuckles out of me. Yeah, but look, another one that's a really good back and forth match. Green gets the win with the so much prettier and eleven oh kick. I love I love his that, that he calls the unprettier the so much prettier too. <laughs> that's what was extra set like extra nicely. He did like a tornado version of it basically, like where he ran off, like ran off the uh, the top rope. Really nicely done. Then after the match, Kevin, uh, sorry, Anthony Green put Kevin Koo over after the match. Going, hey, this dude drove six hours just to be here today on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go fun match there, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's it. If if the title match was number one, this is definitely a close like number two. I'll agree with you on that. But yeah, all around, like I said, this was a fun show. Putting aside the uh, the production issues, if you will, and. and uh, you could, they did the they were doing the commentary live to tape. So I wonder how much of that the acoustic of the building as well. Because, yeah, do you know if this is where they normally run their shows? Uh, no, actually, usually. Uh, let me. I had it up a. I had it up a minute ago. Here, give me one second. It is a different. It, they do curious. normally run a different. They do normally run a different building. I'd be curious if this is just headaches of running in a new building and not really having the setup they need for that. Yeah, they normally run in a building called the King of Club. I believe that their I believe their show next month is going to be back in that building. Okay. Yeah, but that building was kind of weirdly designed too. Like, cause you had the wall on the run side where they cut the ring up, but you can tell from the when they got the handheld camera, like it was like really wide open at a, at other parts of that building too. I think the acoustic didn't help them. No, not at all. I think this, I think this would have been the show would have been much uh, would have benefited. A great deal by them doing a lot of stuff in post. At least with, at least with the commentary. Oh, one hundred percent. Because anytime anyone's like they're talking when there's any type of music playing, you you can't hear them for anything. And, and even and even like when even like when guys were cutting promo on the house, Mike, like, it was hard to hear them too. So yeah, but that comes that comes with the territory of indie wrestling. You know, it is what it is. All right, so thumb up, thumb down, thumb in the middle. I would say like three fourths up. Um, like I said, I'm just a big sucker for production, so that definitely takes away from it a little bit for me. Um, but all around, the wrestling was pretty solid. There's a lot of new faces for me that I didn't see, and a couple familiar ones. Uh, all around, the fair, I'd say it's a fairly solid show. Yeah, I'll give it a thumbs up as well. I, I agree. We are we're pretty much on on point on the same page with the with the production. Yeah, absolutely there. But like, if I if I attended the show like a fan, this was a good enough show that I would want to come back to their next show. Absolutely. Maybe not if I had to be there for six hours, but that's 
Now you can't, I would I would I would do that in a heartbeat. Uh, I was actually like looking through their Facebook page for this. They actually were advertising that they were going to have a food truck, but it was BYOB. Like if they were actually providing the alcohol, absolutely, I'll be I'll get there ten thirty in the morning and stay there for the game and all that. I mean, they can trash by halftime. I won't even remember there was there were three matches at the end of the show. Okay. That's right. I'm also not like, obviously I'm not from the area. I'm not really much of a college football person. So I'm obviously not going to feel the same about it, but that's just me. I went to an independent show one, played like a three hour, sh- a three hour independent show. And then it would stay after the show for the WWE pay-per-view. Cause I was like a six hour day too. Oh, wow. And I mean, I've done, I, I've, I've also gone to a six hour show, like another story for another day. Well, I'm not to date myself. Like this was back in like Oh four or five. There's a company, I think. They're called USA Pro Wrestling. They're running out in Long Island. All of their shows were like 17 or 18 matches, and they were six-hour-plus shows. Like, I remember one I almost went to, I'm kind of thankful I didn't, was legitimately 20 matches that ended with an hour-long match between Al Snow and Raven. Yeah, an hour an hour Al Snow match I'm into, an hour Raven match, I don't know so much. Uh, Butterk and I went to the JT Lightning Memorial Show in 2011, and there were a lot of magic on that. That was like a kick hour show, too. So, well, we went to All In, and that was five. So. Yeah. The show we got now probably going to be pushing five. All right, well, go ahead and get it wrapped up here. You and I both have to get up early in the morning. Uh, anything you need to plug, social media handle, Twitch stream, podcast, anything of that nature, or gear. Yes, you can find me on Twitch and Instagram at eGirlFemboy, boy spelled B-O-I, as well as twitch.tv slash eGirlFemboy. Um... I've been playing some Resident Evil games. I kind of took a little break just because I was like trying to get every. I'm trying to like figure out the best way to do my streams and kind of just still messing around with stuff. Um, so I'll probably be getting more back into in these next couple of weeks. Plus, next month, um, Elden Ring is coming out. I've been waiting so much for that game. I'm really excited to play it on stream and I uh, hope people check it out. Uh, I also have another podcast called X Over, where uh, me and my friend Oscar we talk about a whole bunch of different stuff, wrestling included, as well as video games, comics, movies. Uh, we actually just dropped an episode where we talking about bad shit. We dumped all over Resident Evil Raccoon City, uh, which might upset producer of this show, but that's not a good movie. You shouldn't watch it. Just listen to our review of it instead. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at RefJayhawk, Instagram at Jayhawk1539. Every once in a while on Twitch at RefJayhawk. Uh, once the new WWE game comes out, I'll probably be on Twitch quite a bit, going through the career mode and the universe mode with that. People seem to pay attention to my wrestling stuff and like nothing else I do on there. So, and also this coming Saturday, uh, I believe it can kick 30 bell time. I'll be refereeing for Mega Championship Wrestling at the Lorraine County Community College in Elyria, Ohio. Trey Miguel against Lemmy Demon for the Mega Championship in the main event. Noe Guy against Derek Dillinger and a lot more on that card. So check that out if you're in the area. And we have, and we have friends. Don't forget to check out our merch store at watermaneuver.net. You can follow our podcast friend, Wrestling Cheer, Pod Van Dam. Super fantastic. If you catch my grift, at odds with wrestling. Also, make sure to catch our non-podcast friend, pwponderings.com, the big dark brand, gut tab photo, Woken Jane Barbecue, and Kayfabe Collectible. That's going to do it for IWTV Guide this week. Join us next week. Find out what's going to be on independentwrestling.tv. All I want to know is, can you come a little closer? Here comes a friend.
路上。